0: we all need to laugh
1: we choose truth over facts
0: and now for a perpetual political protest in progress
2: judge my physical mental film, my physical as well as my mental film fitness
1: coffee time
0: And good Saturday morning. It is the 16th of October, 2021. Thank you for joining us today. I know that we will be posting this podcast as all of our previous podcasts uh, that have worked correctly, technically, (laughs) Uh, today, later today. So hopefully it's still sunny outside when uh, you get this hot off the uh, digital press, so to speak. I'm Jason Floyd, your host, uh, owner of Amocan Coffee Social Club, and you are listening to the conservative Hour of Power and Enlightenment Salon. I'm joined once again by Loretta Eaton. We don't have any scheduled guests today, but we do have a very large stack of stuff and a pretty significantly long list. So, um, But before we really get into things, you know... Every day, we're given mandates, we're given new rules, we're given new interpretations of rules and new definitions and uh, a new way to think, a new a new perspective, I would say. The government wants us to change our perspective about things as simple as freedom and liberty and, you know... Uh, <laughs> Who
2: needs freedom? Who needs liberty? Hey, you know, yeah, yeah. We, we just listen to our rulers and... I'm sure they'll tell us eventually when we're done.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, if you didn't know, there there uh, is a book of rules that... Um, I like that book better. I'm sure this one's actually going to probably become part of the new uh. manual for citizens to, you know, comply with and... Non-compliance will be tracked somehow magically through mm-hmm. the ether on your phone, and yeah. and you'll have to be uh, you know tackled in an alleyway somewhere if you violate one of these rules. But today, again, we're going to be reading from Joshua Belter's Book of Rules, uh, The Right Way to Do Everything. You can find it on Amazon. Uh, I am still waiting to get him in here. I, I really want to sit down and have him on the show. Very fascinating man, local resident of the Kenai Peninsula. Today we're going to be pulling a rule from Book of Rules... Uh, Section 10-10 Hair regulations Hair should always be kept Neat and orderly As referenced in Border Rules A-1 I'm sorry 8-1A2 Ensuring hair is stylish And well groomed is a high priority in life Hair should be shampooed daily Preferably by showering in the morning See Border Rules (laughs) 8-11 (laughs) Um, they give instructions on showering. Oh, no, Uh, we're we're not doing
2: that one. No, no, no. That one's off
0: topic. Shampoo (laughs) should be quickly rinsed from the hair to prevent drying. Excessive body hair should be trimmed and maintained by all all adults under 50. Uh, Subsection A, a full-service salon session consisting of shampoo, massage, and facial shall be experienced at least once. In a lifetime, by all adult men and women. Oh, okay. So, so far, I'm not in much disagreement here. Mm. Um, subsection B: Uh-oh. Excessive hair twirling reflects often inaccurately inferior intelligence and is discouraged. <laughs> okay. Excessive. Hair, hair twirling. twirling, yeah. So, and there's even a, a graphic. Oh no! Notice, oh no! Notice oh yeah! A yeah. woman twirling uh, yeah. her hair. Okay. Um, subsection. Uh, actually, uh, so, so subsection of that. Number one, the nervous habit of tasting one's hair is oh, prohibited. Oh, oh, oh Is prohibited <laughs> in the presence of others. So as long as you, if you want to do some hair tasting, do it no. in the privacy of no. your your home. No. Out of sight of others. Nope. Well, you know, having a large mustache. Oh, Okay. You know, yeah. the, there there is some hair taste in it. Yeah, I guess. We, we, I yeah. love these coffee cups with the small opening. Oh yeah, yeah. Are, yeah. You notice this lip. <laughs> this was d- this was specifically designed for the mustached man. Are you kidding? No. No, I'm pretty sure that's it. And if it's not then I, I'm then sure it should be. That that is that is now the fact. <laughs> because we make the facts.
2: Uh, yeah, it's true why not everyone else does well
0: fact checkers agree
2: well yeah fact checkers fact checkers yeah. agree that they make the facts
0: yeah. yeah so um subsection c overtly extravagant haircuts or hairstyles may not be given to a child without verbal consent <laughs> my boys are are bedheads oh no uh-huh. Uh, I've threatened them and said, if you don't comb your hair, I'm uh-huh. going to shave, shave your it hair off. off. Okay. And <laughs> yes they give that. me this horrified look and then they win the argument. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, subsection D. Well, I have to go back to that. You know, as a child, uh-huh. I was sort of traumatized by my grandfather because he was a retired lieutenant colonel. Oh, no. Oh, no. And, uh, and, and he rose through the ranks from just you know Uh just straight out of the academy yeah and um got his his rank the hard way uh by field commissions oh gosh and um he uh there was this football player named brian bosworth many people might have remembered his very short career with the seattle seahawks Mm. and the most impressive thing about brian bosworth was his hairdo oh no and he was hyped. He was, he, was pro- he was overhyped by the media about how great his football skills were. And uh-huh. I think early on in his career, he got injured really badly mm-hmm. and um, uh, didn't even play a full season, I don't think. And, uh, but he got some movie contracts and made uh-huh. some B-rated movies. But he had the most um, superior <laughs> mullet Oh, oh no, oh and, no, and oh. so the back the back wasn't just wasn't just oh. like trailer parked straight, oh no, it was permed, oh no, right, no, no so no. you so you got the you got the 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 flat top, yeah, you know kind yeah. of the aircraft carrier deck on uh-huh. your head, and then on the back, you had kind of like the the uh the trail behind the aircraft carrier yeah, okay. the, the churning waters, yeah okay. so so as a young child and uh, all of the boys. Oh,
2: every you—you you had a mullet. And I
0: had. I had the Bosworth. They called it the boss So you go into the hair salon and you order the boss. Are you Kidding. And and <laughs> if you had dark hair, you had to lighten your hair because Brian Bosworth was. Okay. okay. So this was like the height of of worship. Oh God. You know, for a, a pop icon. So this is long before Michael Jordan's fame. Oh, uh-huh, okay. And uh, yeah. My grandfather, when he saw that, he said, "What are you? Some kind of girl? I should find some ribbon and put that in your pretty hair." That, and yeah. and and as a as a fifth grader, <laughs> you know, kind of a pudgy fifth grader, yeah, with uh, this crazy mullet, you know, permed permed uh, do in the back. Uh, I sort of sort of stiffened my lip and you know sort of took his abuse but uh, but he was uh, all all about the clean clean shaven you know high and tight yeah nice haircut you know
2: I, yeah i guess it's just that a mullet is such a strange looking i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry you had one when you were fifth grade it is a just, weird looking just go back haircut.
0: To, just go back to early mtv And look at the hairdos on there. And that was, that was, that was, I I know, but
2: but profile wise, it's not even in proportion with anything. You know, it's this this weird long back. uh, Well, you know how, you know
0: how the whole, the whole, uh, there's there's like a whole thing that goes with them all uh, a saying, a colloquialism. No, yeah, no. It's uh, business in the front.
2: Okay, okay.
0: Party in the back. Party in the back. That's right. That's right. So business. Anyway. So, C says, overtly extravagant haircuts or hairstyles may not be given to a child without their verbal consent. Yeah, without their consent. So, yeah. so Grandpa, you know, leave yeah, Junior leave, alone. Yeah, leave him alone. He will discover and recognize the error of his ways 30 years later. When he, looks, to, when he it, looks back at that one class photo and goes, yeah. what the heck was that guy yeah, thinking? Yeah, and then burns them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, subsection D, hair may be colored professionally or at home in any of the following six shades. 6 one black oh, okay two brown okay three auburn okay four red mhm uh-huh. five blonde mhm uh-huh. and six blue 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 he allows blue blue uh, apparently i mean he's done extensive research why not red uh, i <sighs> mean like like pink you know i don't know i mean
2: okay blue you're but allowed but anyway to have folks
0: blue. do not deviate from the rules <laughs> Because Big Brother is watching and taking notes. Yeah. Um, so our second board of uh, book of rules rule for the day is hat wear and alignment. Now, see, mm. as a man, you know there are a few things that are sacred in the world, and one of those is a man's hat. So all you young ladies out there who don't already know this, mm. do not take a young man's hat oh, unless okay. unless he gives it to you. You may think you're flirting. Mm. Mm. but you're flirting Uh with With disaster. Yeah. 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 With danger. So, um, all hats keep wearers warm in the winter and cool in the summer. 50 years ago, hats were a commonplace fashion accessory. The popularity of hats has waned. However, they're still favored by sports fans and older men seeking to camouflage a receding hairline. Hats not only protect from the elements of nature, but provide an individual with a sense of dignity. A. All hats should be removed at any location if and when the national anthem is played. Mm -hmm. Now, I agree with that.
2: Yep. Uh,
0: B. Men's hats shall be removed at church, Mm -hmm. school, Mm -hmm. theaters, and all restaurants. Mm
2: -hmm. Yep.
0: C. Men's hats shall be tipped in return for gratitude received for service or assistance.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And D, sporting caps shall always be aligned either straightforward or straight reverse when worn. None of this half cock sideways, you know, <laughs> bent bill up. Anyway, those are your Board of Rules rules for the day. Thank you to oh, Joshua okay. Belter for donating the book to okay. the club. And we're going to get on to something a little less serious. So Benjamin Franklin said those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty or safety. And Abraham Lincoln once said, America will never be destroyed from the Mm -hmm. outside. If we falter or lose our freedoms, it will be because we destroyed ourselves. Yep. What is going on today?
2: With the world. We're following Benjamin Franklin's advice. We're destroying (laughs) ourselves from within. Easily, readily, it seems like. The more you read, I I don't know.
0: You know, uh, we had an opportunity this last week Mm. to continue on with the uh, Liberty Rally that was held in Soldaten about a month ago. And, uh, there's a group that's been meeting here at the social club, uh, on Saturdays at one and, uh, they've formed a name called, uh, Liberty Action AK. And, uh, for those of you who don't live in Alaska, AK stands for Alaska, not Arkansas. <laughs> I know. <laughs> not Arkansas. Kansas. Yeah. Um, but, uh, anyway, uh, folks organized we got together went down to the soldatna city chamber uh to the count the council meeting this last week uh there was a brief rally out on the spur highway no middle fingers this time not oh, not not one
2: lots of positive honking and waving w- lots from, of honking from people driving by so
0: yeah yeah so so lots of honking lots of waves lots of support uh we had um i don't know if i had to guess about 20 people show yep. up for that yeah So pretty good showing for a a dreary kind of rainy day. The wind was blowing probably about 15 miles an hour, 20 miles an hour, so the wind chill was getting down there. We're starting to get a little bit of snow here in Alaska. And uh, it's not really sticking yet, but um, so as we entered, one of the interesting things that I noted as we were standing there uh, on the roadside was that um, a police car drove by. And went and parked in the uh, city council parking lot. And then another police car drove by (laughs) and parked in the city council parking lot. Mm -hmm. And just before going in the building, another police officer showed up. And as our group prepared to go into city council to kind of present them with uh, some demands, as we walked into the foyer there... um, we noticed there were three police officers standing at the entrance to the chambers, and the chief of police was seated inside. Mm-hmm. Now, the chief's a nice guy, yeah, but I don't think he's so important that he requires a three-officer detail to <laughs> escort him everywhere. He was actually receiving an award. Uh, they oh. just completed an audit, and so, you know, the the uh, My comments are not meant to disparage the Soldatna Police Department. They do a fine job oh no you know but but it was curious it was yeah. curious that in a in a town as small as ours with the limited resources we have, we would have four uniformed members mm-hmm. of the police force, including the the chief mm-hmm. present at this meeting and uh it seemed odd it seemed mm-hmm. like they were there for us. Mm. Now, I will note that when we went into the building, there is a clearly posted sign that says masks must be worn at all times in city, uh, the city of Soldatna buildings. And upon entering, uh, we told our group, we said, you know, mask or no mask, that's your choice, mm-hmm. as we believe it should be. Yes. And, uh, but uh, no one in our group chose to wear a mask. And we entered the, the building, everybody quietly and respectfully sat down. Um, the police officers didn't intervene. Nobody told us to put masks on, mm-hmm. although all city employees and the entire council were wearing masks. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then Garrett Ennis and I both provided uh, some public testimony. And today we're going to read one of the pieces mm-hmm. of, of uh, one of the documents that we provided to the city council. And um, it is a speech that was written by uh, Davy Crockett. And in the speech, and I'm looking here, I had to reboot my computer, so mm-hmm. it's looking like my... Uh, uh, there it is. Um, Davy Crockett uh, wrote this speech before Congress. He was, for those of you who who don't know, his official title was uh, Colonel Davy Crockett mm-hmm. um, because he served honorably in our military, early military forces. And others will remember that he was one of the folks who died at the Alamo later. But pretty interesting uh, frontiersman, woodsman, uh, statesman, politician, mm-hmm. very very um, plainly spoken. And um, so we want to we read this because this, we, we provided the, the newly elected officials mm-hmm. some perspective. Uh, first in this speech, and then also in an essay called "I Pencil," mm-hmm. and we may cover that in in mm-hmm. in some subsequent uh, episode, or I might actually read that as bonus material to post later <laughs> this week. But um, so this uh, this speech was titled "Not Yours to Give," and there's a there's a little preface here that I'll I'll read, and if you want to read this for yourself, you can find it at fee f e e dot org. Uh, res- uh, uh slash resources slash not hyphen your hyphen to hyphen give s- uh, slash. and um, the following story. I'll just jump in here. The following story about famed American icon Davy Crockett was published in Harper's Magazine in 1867, as written by James J. Bethune. A pseudonym used by Edward S. Ellis. The events that are recounted here are true, including Crockett's opposition to the bill in question, though the precise rendering and some of the detail are fictional. One day in the House of Representatives, a bill was taken up appropriating money for the benefit of a widow of a distinguished naval officer. Several beautiful speeches had been made in its support. The Speaker was just about to put the question uh, forward for a vote when Davy Crockett arose. Mr. Speaker, I have as much respect for the memory of the deceased and as much sympathy for the sufferings of the living, if suffering there be, as any man in this house, but... We must not permit our respect for the dead or our sympathy for a part of the living to lead us into an act of injustice to the balance of the living. I will not go into an argument to prove that Congress has no power to appropriate this money as an act of charity. Every member upon this floor knows it. We have the right as individuals to give away as much of our own money as we please in charity. But as members of Congress, we have no right so to appropriate a dollar of the public money. Some eloquent appeals have been made to us upon the ground that it is a debt due the deceased. Mr. Speaker, the deceased lived long after the close of the war. He was in office to the day of his death and I have never heard that the government was in arrears to him. Every man in this house knows it is not a debt. We cannot, without the grossest corruption, appropriate this money as the payment of a debt. We have not the semblance of authority to appropriate it as a charity. Mr. Speaker, I have said we have the right to give as much money of our own as we please. I am the poorest man on this floor. I cannot vote for this bill, but I will give one week's pay to the object, and if every member of Congress will do the same, it will amount to more than the bill asks. Mm -hmm. He took his seat. Nobody replied. The bill was put upon its passage, and instead of passing unanimously, it was as was generally supposed, and as no doubt it would, but for that For that speech, it received but few votes and, of course, was lost. Later, when asked by a friend why he had opposed the appropriation, Crockett gave this explanation. Several years ago, I was one evening standing on the steps of the Capitol with some other members of Congress when our attention was attracted by a great light over in Georgetown. It was evidently a large fire. We jumped into a hack and drove over as fast as we could. In spite of all that could be done, many houses were burned and many families made homeless, and besides, some of them had lost all but the clothes they had on. The weather was very cold, and when I saw so many women and children suffering, I felt that something ought to be done for them. The next morning, a bill was introduced, appropriating $20,000 for their relief. We put aside all other business and rushed it through as soon as it could be done. The next summer, when it began to be the time to think about the election, I concluded I would take a scout around among the boys of my district. I had no opposition there, but as the election was some time off, I did not know what might turn up. When riding one day in a part of my district in which I was more of a stranger than any other, I saw a man in a field plowing and came toward, uh, and coming toward the road. I gauged my gait so that we should meet as he came to the fence. As he came up, I spoke to the man. He replied politely, but as I thought, rather coldly. I began. Well, friend, I am one of those unfortunate beings called candidates, and... Yes, yes, I know you. You are Colonel Crockett. I have seen you once before, and voted for you the last time you were elected. I suppose you are out electioneering now, but you'd better not waste your time, or mine. I shall not vote for you again. Mm-hmm. This was a shock dogler. I love that word. Oh. <laughs> Dolger. Uh, doliger. Yeah, mm-hmm. this was a shock doliger. Mm-hmm. I think we should start using that yeah, word Yeah, I like that one. This was a shock doliger. I begged him to tell me what was the matter. Well, Colonel, it is hardly worthwhile to waste time or words upon it. I do not see how it can be mended but you gave a vote last winter which shows that either you have not capacity to understand the Constitution or that you are wanting in the honesty and firmness to be guided by it. In either case, you are not the man to represent me. But I beg your pardon for expressing it in that way. I did not intend to avail myself of the privileges of the constituent to speak plainly to a candidate for the purpose of insulting or wounding you. I intended by it only to say that your understanding of the Constitution is very different from mine. And I will say to you what, but for my rudeness, I should not have said, that I believe you to be honest. But, an understanding of the Constitution different from mine I cannot overlook, because the Constitution, to be worth anything, must be held sacred and rigidly observed in all of its provisions. The man who wields power and it, misinterprets it is more dangerous than the more honest he is. Or is more dangerous the more honest he is. I admit the truth of all you say, but there must be some mistake about it, for I do not remember that I gave any vote last winter upon any constitutional question, <laughs> said Mr. Crockett. No, Colonel, that's, there's no mistake. Though I live here in the backwoods and seldom go from home, I take the papers from Washington and read very carefully all the proceedings of Congress. My papers say that last winter you voted for a bill to appropriate $20,000 to some sufferers by a fire in Georgetown. Is that true? Hmm. Well, my friend, I may as well own up. You've got me there. But certainly nobody will complain that a great and rich country like ours should give the insignificant sum of $20,000 to relieve its suffering women and children, particularly with a full and overflowing treasury. And I am sure if you had been there, you would have done just as I did. It is not the amount, Colonel, that I complain of. It is the principle. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: In the first place, the government ought to have in the treasury no more than enough for its legitimate purposes. But that has nothing to do with the question. The power of collecting and distributing money at pleasure is the most dangerous power that can be entrusted to man,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: particularly under our system of collecting revenue by a tariff, which reaches every man in the country, no matter how poor he may be. And the poorer he is, the more he pays in proportion to his means. Mm -hmm. What is worse, it presses upon him without his knowledge where the weight centers. For there is not a man in the United States who can ever guess how much he pays to the government. So you see, that while you are contributing to relieve one, you are drawing it from thousands who are even worse off than he. If you had the right to give anything, the amount was simply a matter of discretion with you, and you had as much right to give twenty million dollars as twenty thousand. If you had the right to give to one, you have the right to give to all, and as the Constitution neither defines charity nor stipulates the amount, you are at liberty to give to any and everything which you may believe or profess to believe is a charity and to any amount you may think proper. You will very easily perceive what a wide door this would open for fraud and corruption and favoritism on the one hand and for robbing the people on the other. No, Colonel, Congress has no right to give charity. Individual members may give as much of their own money as they please, but they have no right to touch a dollar of the public money for that purpose. If twice as many houses had been burned in this county as in Georgetown, neither you or any other member of Congress would have thought of appropriating a dollar for our relief. There are about 240 members of Congress. If they had shown their sympathy for the sufferers by contributing each Mm. one's (laughs) one week's pay, it would have made over $13,000. There are plenty of wealthy men in and around Washington who could have given $20,000 without depriving themselves of even a luxury of life. The congressmen chose to keep their own money, Mm -hmm. which... If reports be true, some of them spend not very credibly. (laughs) Creditably, And the people about Washington no doubt applauded you for relieving them from the necessity of giving uh, giving what was not yours to give. The people have delegated to Congress by the Constitution the powers to do certain things. To do these, it is authorized to collect and pay monies and for nothing else. Everything beyond this is usurpation and a violation of the Constitution. So you see, Colonel, you have violated the Constitution in what I consider a vital point. It is a precedent fraught with danger to the country. For when Mm -hmm. Congress once begins to stretch its power beyond the limits of the Constitution, there is no limit to it and no security for the people. I have no doubt you acted honestly, but that does not make it any better, except as far as you are personally concerned, and you see that I cannot vote for you. (laughs) I tell you, I felt streaked. Mm. I'm going to use that term That's a good one too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Shock, Dulliger, and streaked. Yeah. I tell you, I felt streaked. I saw if I should have opposition, and this man should go to talking, He would set others to talking, and in that district, I was going to fawn skin. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I could not answer him. And the fact is, I was so fully convinced that he was right, I did not want to. But I must satisfy him. And I said to him, well, my friend, you hit the nail upon the head when you said I had not sense enough to understand the Constitution. Mm -hmm. I intended to be guided by it and thought I had studied it fully. I've heard many speeches in Congress Congress about the powers of Congress, but what you have said here at your plow has got more hard, sound sense in it than all the fine speeches I've ever heard. If I had ever taken the view of it that you have, I would have put my head into the fire before I would have given that vote. And if you will forgive me and vote for me again if I ever vote for another unconstitutional law, I wish I may be shot. Mm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. God bless the frontiersman. Oh, yeah. He laughingly (laughs) replied, Yes, Colonel, you have sworn to that once before. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. But I will trust you again upon one condition. Mm -hmm. You say that you are convinced that your voting was wrong. Your acknowledgement of it will do more good... (laughs) than beating you for it. If, as you go around the district, you will tell people about this vote and that you are Ah. satisfied it was wrong, I will not only vote for you, but will do what I can to keep down opposition. (laughs) And perhaps I may exert some little influence in that way. If you don't mind, said I, I wish I may be shot. And to convince you that I am in earnest in what I say, I will come back this way in a week or ten days. And if you will get up a gathering of people, I will make a speech to them. Get up a barbecue and I'll pay for it. Mm. No, Colonel, we are not rich people in this section. But Mm. we have plenty of provision to contribute for a barbecue. Mm. And some to spare for those who have none. The push of crops will be over in a few days. And we can then afford a day for a barbecue. This is Thursday. I will see to getting it up on Saturday week. Come to my house on Friday and we will go together. And I promise you a very respectable crowd will see and hear you. Mm. Well, I will be there. But one thing more before I say goodbye. I must know your name. My name is Buncey. Not Horatio Buncey. Yes, well, Mr. Bunsey, I never saw you before, though you say you have seen me, but I know you very well. I'm glad I've met you and very proud that I may hope to have you for my friend. Mm. It was one of the luckiest hits of my life that I met him. He mingled but little with the public, but was widely known for his remarkable intelligence mm-hmm. and incorruptible integrity mm-hmm. and for a heart brimful and running over with kindness and benevolence, which showed themselves not only in words but in acts. He was the oracle of the whole country around him, and his fame had extended far beyond the circle of his immediate acquaintance. Though I had never met him before, I had heard much of him, and but for this meeting, it is very likely I should have had opposition, and had been beaten. One thing is very certain, no man could now stand up in that district under such a vote.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: At the appointed time I was at his house having told our conversation to every crowd I had met and to every man I stayed all night with, and I found that it gave the people an interest and a confidence in me stronger than I had ever seen manifested before. Though I was considerably fatigued when I reached his house, and under ordinary circumstances should have gone early to bed, I kept him up until midnight, talking about the principles and affairs of government, and got more real true knowledge of them than I had got all my life before. I have known and seen much of him since, for I respect him. No, that is not the word. I reverence and love him more than any living man. And I go to see him two or three times every year. And I will tell you, sir, if everyone who professes to be a Christian lived and acted and enjoyed it as he does, the religion of Christ would take the world by storm. Mm-hmm. But to return to my story, the next morning we went to the barbecue, and to my surprise, found about a thousand oh, men there. God. I met a good many whom I had not known before, and they and my friend introduced me around until I had got pretty well acquainted, at least. They all knew me. In due time, notice was given that I would speak to them. They gathered up around a stand that had been erected. I opened my speech by saying, Fellow citizens, I present myself before you today feeling like a new man. My eyes have lately been opened to truths which ignorance or prejudice or both had heretofore hidden from my view. I feel that I can today offer you the ability to render you more valuable service than I have ever been able to render before. I am here today more for the purpose of acknowledging my error than to seek your votes. That I should make this acknowledgement is due to myself as well to you. Whether you will vote for me is a matter of, for your consideration only. I went on to tell them about the fire and my vote for the appropriation and then told them why I was satisfied it was wrong. I closed by saying, and now, fellow citizens, it remains only for me to tell you that the most of that speech you have listened to with so much interest was simply a repetition of the arguments by which your neighbor, Mr. Bunsey, convinced me of my error. It is the best speech I ever made in my life, But he is entitled to the credit for it, and now I hope he is satisfied with his convert, and that he will get up here and tell you so. (laughs) He came up the stand and said, "'Fellow citizens, it affords me great pleasure to comply with the request of Colonel Crockett. I have always considered him a thoroughly honest man, and I am satisfied that he will faithfully perform all that he has promised you today.'" Mm. He went down and there went up from that crowd such a shout for Davy Crockett as his name never called forth before. I'm not given to tears, but I was taken with a choking then and felt some big drops rolling down my cheeks. And I'll tell you now that the remembrance of those few words spoken by such a man and the honest, hearty shout they produced is worth more to me than all the honors I've received and all the reputation I've ever made or shall make as a member of Congress. Now, sir, concluded Crockett, you know why I have made that speech Mm -hmm. yesterday. There is one thing now to which I will call your attention. You remember that I proposed to give a week's pay? There are in that house many very wealthy men, men who think nothing of spending a week's pay, or a dozen of them for a dinner or a wine party when they have something to accomplish by it. Some of those men made beautiful speeches upon the great debt of gratitude which the country owed the deceased, a debt which could not be paid by money, and the insignificance and worthlessness of money, particularly so insignificant a sum as $10,000, when weighted against the honor of the nation. Yet not one of them responded <laughs> to my proposition. Yeah. Yeah. Money with them is nothing but trash when it is to come out of the people. Mm-hmm. But it is the one great thing for which most of them are striving, and many of them sacrifice honor, integrity, and justice to obtain it. Holders of political office are but reflections of the dominant leadership, good or bad, among the electorate. Horatio Bunce is a striking example of responsible citizenship. Were his kind to multiply, we would see many new faces in public office. Or, as in the case of Davy Crockett, a new Crockett. Mm-hmm. For either the new faces or the new Crocketts, we must look to the Horatio in ourselves. So, not yours to give. Mm-hmm. I was given that by a gentleman named Ed Martin. Mm-hmm. Ed Martin is a fierce and passionate um, voice in our community. Uh very off putting when he gets upset. You know, I've hung up on him a couple of times. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but he and I have an understanding.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We love liberty. Mm-hmm. And each of us expresses it different from the other. Mm-hmm. But to each of us, a measure of responsibility is given. I believe, as the Bible tells us, that God has invested in us talents. What's a talent? Well, in biblical times a talent was some sum of money. Mm-hmm. And there is a parable about the leader the the ruler who gave his servants different portions of talents and told them he was going to be traveling off to a distant place and he wanted them to invest those, mm-hmm. be stewards of yep. that money and yep. that when he came back he was going to demand mm-hmm. to see the return. Yeah. And and the the unwise servant mm-hmm. took his talent and buried it yeah. in the ground because he feared he feared his master so much yeah. that uh, he didn't when the master returned and, and asked you know how did you invest your money mm-hmm. well all the folks that had you know the larger amounts of talents had 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 um, or they had produced more yeah. you know they had they had produced returns yeah. and some of them twice and some of them you know. Four times, and mm-hmm. I don't have the quite the, no. the right reference in front of me, but exponentially, yeah. you know. And this one servant said, I was so fearful of the wrath I would receive oh. from you when you returned if I had misspent your money mm-hmm. or lost it mm-hmm. that I just buried it in the ground. He's put it in a savings yeah. account and did nothing with it. Did nothing. With it. If he had put it in a savings account, he would have gotten simple interest yeah. at least. Yeah. And so the point here is is that, that the group... Uh, Liberty Action AK went to the city council meeting to put the city council on notice Mm -hmm. and to remind them who they work for Mm -hmm. and that while they may have access to the public treasury and while they may have a measure of power that has been appointed to them by the people that they serve the people first and only. Mm -hmm. And, um, both Garrett and I, you know, mm-hmm. gave, gave uh, short, you know, they only give yes. you three minutes to talk to him in public um, mm-hmm. on the record. And uh, neither Garrett or I were asked any questions. <laughs> Not a single question. Not one. Yeah. And uh, we didn't have time to read, you know, of course, yeah. this, this uh, speech or, yeah. or the essay, you know, iPencil. Um, or even our medical mm-hmm. uh, liberty declaration. Um, but we did give them packets, and we did ask that those documents be read into, or or placed rather into the yeah. uh, the public record.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, so we're we're going to be doing this again. The group is meeting next week, uh, Kenai? in Kenai. Kenai,
2: yep.
0: And uh, I believe that's on Wednesday.
2: Yeah, and that's a city council. That's a city council mm-hmm. meeting,
0: and at five o'clock, people are going to be meeting at the uh, intersection at mm-hmm. uh, Bridge Access and and the Spur Highway to, to rally with their signs. And then uh, the meeting starts at 6. So mm-hmm. you're encouraged to attend because, like Mr. Bunsey, there are many people in this community that have thought through what um, is going on in their community mm-hmm. and what they don't like and what they believe the Constitution says and what's actually happening. And until we each kind of leave our plow yeah. and walk to the fence line, and engage our leaders mm-hmm. nothing will change.
2: Well and has he so rightly put it, it's not theirs to give. And it, I think it isn't. with COVID and, and the, the tremendous amount of money that's been put out there, um, I, I, I think they've lost I, I, I think they've lost sight of the fact that it actually is something. It's it's the fruits of someone's labor. And and whether we pay it now. Whether it's it's
0: our labor or future generations. Or future
2: generations. Someone's going to have to pay that and not these people that are making these decisions. And some of the, the tremendous amount of money that I've been able to find that has been distributed is, and, and there's probably tons more that we don't even know about. And I'm sure they don't know about it. Um, and, and I think that's what people have to understand is that I, you, you know, bless their hearts, you know, which in, you say that in the <laughs> South, that doesn't mean something nice, sweetie, you know, bless their hearts. I, I'm sure they're trying to do the best they can, but I, I think they've lost track of it.
0: Well, and and as of, as, as Horatio Bunsey told, yeah. you know, in this recounting of this this in, this chance encounter, yes, with uh, Davy Crockett, yeah, he said, you know. I didn't mean to insult you essentially. No. Um, I'm sure that you were acting in the best way you thought you could, honestly. Yeah. But your understanding of the constitution and mine are yeah. worlds apart. Yeah. And to his credit, you know, and and how who knows how much of this story has been yeah. embellished uh, or you know, uh, yeah. through time. Because Davy Crockett is legendary. Yeah. Yeah. I'm and sure. as with legends, sometimes yeah. things get inflated. But yeah. but the but even if we took this as as a um, as a folk story with a yeah. with a parable in it, you know, a, a kernel of truth, a a a lesson to be learned, um he said that that when Bunsy told him he was wrong,-hmm it changed his mind.
2: And and and, I, and yeah. he
0: had the humility, it's
2: humility, yes,
0: to go around that county, yeah, and tell everybody, I'm an idiot, yeah, I'm an idiot. Uh, yeah. Mr. Bunsey has yeah. showed me the error of my ways, and yeah. and he's convinced me, and yeah. he was willing to continue to be a student and be teachable, and I think a really most important is he was a true representative of the people because Mm -hmm. he listened to the people and he changed his ways. Mm -hmm. Now, there was an election not too long ago Mm -hmm. where our local representative, Ron Gillum, first attempted to unseat the Senator Peter Michicki. And one of the things Mr. Michicki was promoting was this idea that the permanent fund dividend that the people of the state of Alaska get each year um as uh, a percentage of the royalties earned on
2: mm-hmm.
0: investments and things mm-hmm. from from the wealth of this land yeah that uh that that somehow was first purpose was to support government and and uh he narrowly won his bid mm-hmm. for reelection because in the eleventh hour when it was very clear he was losing traction mm-hmm He went on the radio, and he did something similar to what Davy Crockett did and said, I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. See, in the primaries, he narrowly defeated Ron Gillum, Mm -hmm. and Ron Gillum had so many people come to him after that that said, run run anyway, run as an independent, Independent, get into the generals. Yeah. And 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 uh, uh, as a write-in, Yeah. right? Yeah. And he had so much traction there. Yeah. Mr. Michiki was threatened, and 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 so, like Davy Crockett, he went on the airways, and said, "I'm sorry, I wasn't listening, yeah, because but it's it's apparent that yeah. that you have uh, uh, you are very upset with some of the things I've yeah. said and done. I, I get it now. Please mm-hmm. re-elect me, but, but unlike Davy Crockett, yeah. look at where he is today yeah. and what he has done with that permanent fund dividend. Yeah,
2: I, you know, for me, I don't know if he's really learned. Well, I, um, oh, I would I, submit I, he I, has not. I think he has come to the understanding that they have to distribute something. But what bothers me about it is there was a formula, there's a formula, and, and, and I understand the courts came along and said, no, you know, I mean, you don't have to follow that. But...
0: But it's, in, this, it's uh, in, in statute. And it's stood in statute. That formula yeah. stood in statute for years and years and, and years. And, and an it activist court said, yeah. oh, no, you can bend the rules. Yeah. But don't." But, they, but, they, they didn't change the rules. Yeah.
2: But <laughs> now, I, I mean, I don't necessarily dispute Peter Macicki's position that some of it should be used for running the government. But the point, what I'm looking and seeing a pattern is. Is that we've got a bunch of people in Juneau that think that they know how much to give us number one, and then whatever's left over, regardless of how much the permanent fund makes, because it's it's a very complicated formula. It's it's based on five years. It's based on the earnings. If you've looked at the stock market for the last five to ten years, it's done tremendously well, but it doesn't always do really well. So so this is this false thing. You know they've got this uh, uh, tons of money. But what they're looking at is they're saying, okay, we're going to use the excess money, which we think is excess because people are needing $1,000. What happens when the stock market crashes, which it will? It, it's going to crash, and then that five-year average of earnings is going to drop, and they're not going to have the billions of dollars that they've had that they've got now, but then they implement these programs, and then they're going to come to us and say, well, gee, there's no money left to give you a permanent fund and then it will be taken away. And I don't understand that people don't see this. And I think that's what you know, he, he's saying well yeah, we'll give them some money. And he's he's got the, the the foresight to see how much some money is. And they've obviously set it around we're we're not worth more than two thousand dollars. Well
0: and and you have your yeah. own you have your own uh, experience speaking to a particular House representative who said something in the lines of "Oh, the people shouldn't get that much money"?
2: Yeah, it was implied to me, and that's the way I interpret it. Now I'm not going to say who, but right, and I'm not when, either. But when when I and I said, "Well, what do you mean? Well, that's just too much money." And I think that was one of the years when it would have been in, around three thousand dollars, right? And, and to what they distribute, and and, and so that these people, that
0: individual is is actually probably one of the what we would consider more one of the conservatives. stronger conservatives uh, yeah, in there, you know, and so. So I would submit, you know, and I, I know the man you're talking yeah. about. I would yep. submit that, that if he were to read this, this speech by Crockett, yeah. he too would probably change his position in that regard because it's not his to give. Well, it's
2: not theirs to decide. And, right. and what my answer to him was change the formula. Change the formula. If, you, if the formula says that this year this is what should have been distributed and that scares you to give a family of five... $3,000, $15,000, change the formula to whatever it is. But I should have said the other half of it was when the cra- stock market crashes and you've changed that formula to reflect what you think should be on average 1000 bucks. and people are getting $10, hellfire is going to rain down on you. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, it looks okay as long as, and everybody does that. As long as the stock market's all up and happy. I'm
0: beginning to think the term I'm sorry is kind of like bless your heart. Well, it, it
2: is it is you just can't say bless your heart all the time I, I, i'm not really sorry
0: <laughs> i'm not really I'm not sorry. really sorry you're the, i'm saying i'm sorry but you're gonna be sorry you're gonna be sorry. you're gonna be sorry, gonna be sorry. Yeah. yeah so so you know um uh representative mike cronk mm. uh wrote a piece that was uh, republished on facebook that i went ahead and forwarded onto the ammo coffee social club uh, facebook page and uh It's just a short statement. He says, a a quick public announcement. The truth about the PFD, Mm. Permanent Fund Dividend. The governor did not reduce your PFD. The legislature reduced your PFD. Yeah. From a statutory, this is how much people were supposed to get this year, $3,800 per person. Yep. And then a 50-50 POMV, which is the Machiki plan. Yeah. Which would have been $2,350 yeah. to 1114
2: Where does that number come from? And
0: the legislature, legislators are patting themselves on the back for restoring it to 1114 Are they playing bingo? After the governor's veto. Yeah. They're simply not telling the truth. Yeah. The people deserve the truth. That's yeah. Representative Mike Cronk. Yeah. And if I were in his district, I would be voting for him. And yeah. so if you know Mike, yeah. thank him. Yeah. Uh, I met him a couple of times just informally, you know, passing down in Juno, and, and uh, very, very gen- seemed to be yeah. a very genuine man. I can't say that I know him, but, yeah. uh, but, uh, but just in passing. And, and from those comments, you know, I mean, that really reflects this, this idea. You know, if we have something in statute, that's law.
2: Yeah, okay. Yeah.
0: And uh, Peter Machigui once said that he was listening to us. Yeah, well... But now that he's Senate President, he's back to the same POV thing that almost well, got him unelected. Well,
2: he's he's not listening because he's... You know, he again... And this, to me, I'm just this little woman that lives in a Kiski. I don't...
0: But, get, but you have a plow and a fence line, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: I don't get arrogance of these elite elected officials that sit down and say where does the 1,100 like what is that bingo I mean like (laughs) what number is that they
0: just pull the balls randomly out of the uh, like
2: what idiot on God's green earth comes up with a number like that they seriously we why aren't we talking about these things we're all running around going oh why aren't we saying what kind of idiocy creates these numbers I mean, there was a formula. It worked for many years. Change the formula. But don't don't play bingo with the number and think this is what we're going to make. Th- that is so arrogant. That's like feeding animals. You know, you got a dog that jumps on you, so you give them a cookie. Th- that's what they're treating us. Are, are people not seeing this? We're being treated like ignorant animals, too stupid. As long as they give us something, we're going to be happy.
0: Well, you know, and, and, and here's what gets lost. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, it was set up. It was set up for... For, for it to pay the government, to cover the government, so we wouldn't have any taxes. You know, I'm sorry, but now I'm saying it. I'm sorry, but taxes <laughs> taxes are well on their way. Oh, in, and, in addition and, to this. In, in addition. And in, when they have addition, exhausted this fund, yeah. they the taxes will come and yeah. they will increase. And, and, and it's
2: it's only going to take them, write this down, Loretta Eaton says within 10 years, if we give them free reign, they will have exhausted all $80 billion. People, $80 billion is not a lot of money. No. Not a lot of money when you got to understand. Are the the Alaska budget is what six billion? Is it six billion? Well, once
0: once that door is open, the 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 taps will be wide open yeah. for graft and yeah. and um and you know that's what Mister Buncey said. Yeah. Well, actually, that's what that's what um, that's what uh, Davy Crockett said oh? after he had been schooled. Had an epiphany, Mister. Yeah, yeah. He says he said, yeah. uh, imagine the corruption. Yeah once and and he's not the first statesman in history to say that that once the the politicians realize that they can spend uh you know through the largesse of the public fund for their their sort of pet projects and private things when, once that trust is broken then then the the republic is doomed mm-hmm. and so we find ourselves on the eve of the Republic's doom as we spend ourselves into oblivion and destroy our economy and vaccinate the crap out of everything walking and moving. And without knowing what the real outcome of that may be in the next few years. And so, you know, um, I think it was very timely that Mr. Martin sent me that Good. that uh, document. Yep. We're going to submit it again to Kenai. We encourage you to come to that. We will be going to uh, a council meeting, uh, borough assembly meeting rather, um, in November and um it's just it's just important to become engaged to each of us a measure uh, of the master's talent has been given mm-hmm. and we can either ignore politics and pretend they don't exist and then be blown about like a leaf in the wind when the when when the tides change and and then the wind blows um or we can stand firm in our field at that fence row and directly engage the, the Davy Crockett's of this world and say, you may have been well-meaning, but you were misinformed. You, mm-hmm. were, you were ill-educated or ignorant to the nature of freedom and liberty and what the Constitution says. And, and when you abuse that, whether through um, uh, ignorance mm-hmm. or directly through arrogance, mm-hmm. you will bring out the, the demise of this, this great nation. And it'll be on your head. Mm -hmm. And so the last challenge in there that Crockett gave was that new people like Buncey should rise up.
2: Yes, new people.
0: If the people who are in office do not Mm -hmm. become reborn Mm Crocketts, like he was.
2: You've got three on the Kenai City Council
0: there's new people. Three new people. New blood.
2: Three three new new thinking and um new ways of looking at things, maybe more interested in giving more power back to the people. Uh maybe there are, I I know Tia Winger. I've sat in meetings with her. She's very much engaged and she's really interested in what people have to say. And she's got a wonderful her, her story is wonderful. I don't know if you, if you know that Jason, but uh her backstory is
0: fabulous, so right. just
2: where she's come from, how she got here. Why don't
0: you invite her to come on to the show? Oh, we should. Yeah, and then we can we can oh. uh, hear that and have yeah. our listeners listen to that rather than recounting it ourselves. Yeah, no. I, I haven't I don't want it. it. I haven't no. heard it, but yeah, I don't I'm want sure to, it's fantastic.
2: I, I, yeah, I, I don't want to repeat what she needs to say. So, so
0: we've talked mm-hmm. about money today. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's not kind of where we were headed and we're, we're almost a full hour into this, um, but, but where we were headed was if they can do this with money as they have. And so, so if we look at this as sort of an erosion of liberty through a progression of events, it started with COVID. It started with trying to secure a little safety by giving up a little freedom, Mm -hmm. a little liberty as, uh, Benjamin Franklin pointed out. And then it very quickly eroded into from money to mandates and mandates to tyranny. And we're going to talk a little bit about the tyranny today. I mean, if I don't know how many people have been paying attention, but the Alaska Watchman has a story about fetal cells being found in the Pfizer vaccination. And uh, I think that came, Loretta, from the, the uh, Co- Project, Project Veritas. Veritas right. Yeah. Project Veritas has been yeah. doing a, an expose on that. Um, some high-level folks within Pfizer on on uh, hidden camera um, uh, admitting to um, Pfizer basically repressing that information, not telling people. But um, I'm not convinced that that Pfizer didn't necessarily want people to know that, because one of the things that you hear often when they talk about passports. Hmm. Right. Yeah. So some people call them vaccination passports. Other call them immunity passports. Yeah. So people that want to say, well, you don't necessarily have to be vaccinated, but you have to be able to show that you have have the uh, immune capacity from antibodies, from you know surviving COVID. Um, and so they're looking at this passport from a single dimension. But if we if we flip it on its head and look at it multidimensionally, what does what does a religious exemption look like? (laughs) Because that's one of the things they're saying, that unless you have the antibodies from surviving COVID or unless you've had the the vaccine, that the only other options you have are some religious exemption for deeply held uh, religious beliefs or some medical exemption, right?
2: And and why are they all of a sudden asking for this vaccine? This is interesting because if you were in public school and some public schools require vaccinations you could just literally say, walk up and say yeah
0: religious religious exemption it, and hipaa and and the sec and, and the first amendment protect you yeah
2: and i've seen you and i've seen that form providence mm-hmm. hospital has oh, one. yeah,
0: the litmus it, test of it is very invasive how how religious are you
2: how many times do you go to church uh, what, when did you become religious yeah when uh, where do you go like how long what are common practices yeah what do you what is this?
0: Well, what, what what I believe it is, is I believe it is a systematic registry system of of uh, people with deeply held religious beliefs that will then be activated later, when the CDC rolls out its sheltering camps.
2: So, if you're this green person that believes in Gaia and and every you know uh, you know uh, 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 any anti technology, you think those people are going to be turned down?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. yeah, and here's why. here's why. Okay. Anybody who follows a systematic um, theological or philosophical um, uh, framework of thought, okay, for living, right? Yeah. Okay mm-hmm. um, submits to a higher power, higher concept, a higher being, uh, uh, something out, uh, something supernatural that supersedes. Um, or, or maybe just natural, that supersedes mm-hmm. the power of man, mm-hmm. right? Communists hate religion because religion yeah. is a competing system yeah. that undermines totalitarian rule. Mm-hmm. You can't control the church. If you can't control the church, if you can't control what people think with their faith, then mm-hmm. you don't truly have control of the people. And, and um, one of the things we're going to talk about is and there, so we are going to go long today, folks, but um, we're going to talk about the Black Robe Regiment. Have you heard of the Black Robe Regiment no. before? No, okay, so we're going to shift gears here, real quick, because the Black Robe Regiment is uh, a pretty, pretty important part of what's called the Great Awakening. It was about a hundred year period of time in our history as a, as a nation, towards the, uh, the, the front end of it, as we were sort of coalescing and gelling under some common ideas and concepts about what a independent state might look like, you know, independent from England or other outside powers. And the Black Robe Regiment was basically a group of pastors, Mm. clergy members who preached from the pulpit Mm -hmm. on everyday news items. And basically, they applied biblical a biblical uh, editorial. Mm-hmm. How do we apply the Bible to the issuing of taxes? Okay. Collection of taxes. How do we apply the Bible to you know um, a massive fire that occurred in Georgetown? Yeah. You know, how do we apply the what does the Bible tell us about all of these things yeah. that we experience through this thing we call life? Because it's sort of the instruction manual for life. If mm-hmm. you're a Christian. You know really that's that's the guidebook yeah and so uh, the ideas of natural law, laws that come down from God or that in er- are inherent in nature that are not that uh, are self-evident and uh, truths mm-hmm. you know we hold these truths to be self-evident um, that we have certain inalienable rights mm-hmm. that that's a concept called natural law mm-hmm. and it presupposes that we have These um, guarantees, these things that are part of our our liberty and freedom that no man can give and no man can take because they are Mm self-evident. And so uh, these pastors really played a major role in the American Revolution Mm. in bringing it about. And in the forming and framing of our Declaration of Independence Hmm. and in the creation of the Constitution of the United States.
2: Sounds like we need another one, another Black Robe Regiment.
0: Well, you know, um, the Black Robe Regiment name Mm -hmm. was actually given to this group of folks. They didn't title themselves that. Uh The British military called them that. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Right, so... (laughs) <laughs> the British military looked at these folks as maybe like insurgents mm-hmm. and they gave them a name Well, th- and they were so disdained and they, they, and they were feared because, yeah. because the, the clergy had so much power yeah. in moving their congregants in a unified direction yeah. to support the formation of an independent state. Yeah. And, where are those voices today? Cowed. We we live in what's considered the Bible Belt of Alaska. <laughs> you can hardly throw a rock without hitting a church here. Yeah. Not that I would recommend anybody throw rocks at churches. <laughs> churches. no. But they're everywhere. And they have fine, fine leadership. Mm-hmm. But where are the leaders? And what defines a leader? Mm-hmm. You know, there's this... Uh, there's this old uh, nursery song, nurse, uh, uh, Sunday school song, that uh, I'm I'm if I sing, you know, I know we're gonna have <laughs> listeners say I'm Drop never up. No, I'm, no. I'm never I'm <laughs> never gonna listen to that podcast no, again. Don't sing. Um, but but the concept is that that God gives us a light, yeah, right, and that uh, believers have a light, and it's not something we create, but something we receive when we become believers, and that that light is truth mm-hmm. and uh, hope. And um, uh, that light, no matter how small the amount of light, always mm-hmm. pushes the darkness away. Mm-hmm. And and the song basically says, uh, you know, this little light of mine, mm-hmm. I'm going to let it shine. Yeah.
2: Okay.
0: I'm not going to put it under a bushel. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to hide it. I'm not going to let Satan, the enemy, blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is this passage in, in the Bible that talks about b- believers being salt and light. And I would submit to you, if you're not a believer, you should maybe sit down and read the Bible because there's a lot of wisdom in it. If you love liberty, but you are not willing to be salt and light, first you have to have truth. Mm-hmm. Some would argue without Christ you don't have truth, but... Uh, At least the truth of natural law, Mm -hmm. that it's self-evident. If you have that truth, then you have light. You have a form of it. I would argue it originates from Christ. Mm -hmm. Some might argue against that, but it's my show. so. (laughs) You know, get say your get, you want. get your own show. Yeah, but um, but you know the the idea here is is that that whether you're a Christian leader, whether you are just a congregant sitting in a pew, whether you're just a mechanic who works at a shop and has a general idea that you know you should be free to pursue happiness and uh, and um, prosperity and have a good family life and have you know as little government intervention or outside coercive you know contact from others as possible you know that's a definition of liberty
1: mm-hmm.
0: that you need to be that change agent salt is a change agent it's a catalyst it creates electrolysis you put salt and water together it creates an electrical charge which then creates a transfer of of uh of uh you know all those scientific bits and pieces
2: electrons <laughs> electrons <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh and 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 then your your truck looks like it uh, belongs in Nikiski. yeah uh, you know because the fenders are gone and uh just we'll just say that our Nikiski neighbors are more frugal than most
2: uh, that's a better term yes, frugal 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 they don't, don't need
0: they don't know. need a new car every 3 years no you know the one they, they got in 1969 it, <laughs> is fine.
2: It looks like we need new cars every three years. <laughs> there's yeah. a difference between needing one and then so buying So for those one.
0: who don't know what Nikiski is, they, <laughs> it's the North Road. If you oh, head on. towards Nikiski, there's no way out. There's no. only one way in. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, We and, like it that way. And there's way. a lot of freedom-loving people yeah. One day we're going to put a gate across. Yeah. yeah. No, you one know, day. I grew we'll up get, in we'll Nikiski. We'll
2: get tired of you people. We'll put a gate across. <laughs>
0: A wall, a wall. We build own wall. Build we'll a build wall. Build build wall. wall. Yeah, hey. there's an idea. Don't push you, us. You could probably run for mayor of the new, you know, oh, city no. of Nikiski no, with the build that, the that's, wall campaign. It's
2: like herding cats and goats together, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I love Nikiski. Yeah, but no. Yeah. So
0: <laughs> so, but the idea here is is rise up. You know, either yeah. either step up or bow to Caesar. Mm-hmm. You know. Caesar wasn't a nice dude. Mm-mm. You know, the, the, the military of the Roman Empire was brutally merciless. And anybody who opposed them was put to the sword or, or crucified or, you know, killed in many horrific ways or dismembered or maimed. Or, and we're not that far off. It, in Canada, let's talk about this pastor. Mm-hmm. His
2: name's, uh, what is it, Paul Losky he was interviewed. He's the one, there's a YouTube video of him being arrested, dragged out. And he's Polish, so he's got a right. very strong Polish Well, the first head.
0: video was him running a bunch of police yeah, officers out of his, out of his church, of calling his, him Nazis, yeah. right? Yeah, and,
2: and they and deserved that. he came that. from Poland. Yeah, he came from Poland. Yeah, he, Soviet he Poland. Under, yeah, he understands that. He, he understands. He understands what he's talking he about. He knows
0: what tyranny and communism it, looks yeah, like. Yeah,
2: this is not a man that just read it in a book and has theories about it. Right. But he went on Tucker Carlson, and he eventually, his case was tried. But this, this I find horrific, and uh, you know, come on, Canadians, get a grip. Um, he's been ruled that he could uh, not; he's not going to go to prison, but he's going to have to pay fines and uh, contribute public service hours, which is nothing. But he's facing compelled speech, and. This is apparently part of the law that they have in Canada that you have to provide both parts of any argument. And he is going to be forced, when he preaches, he's going to be forced to say this part of compelled speech. The judge has given him... Uh, oh, wait, some wait, wait, paragraphs. Wait, wait,
0: wait. This just in from Facebook fact checkers. It says here Loretta is wrong. Don't listen to Loretta. She knows nothing. She is from Canada. <laughs> Canada. She is biased. Uh, okay, go ahead. Okay. So, th- so,
2: oh, I'm sorry. I'm reading. I'm reading from a thing. You know, the judge actually was uh, upset that the uh, minister went on Fox News and embarrassed the government and the court system. In Canada, this is what this is. How dare you? This is retribution. This is retribution, them. and uh, public. The the judge said that critic, publicly criticizing health orders is not permitted unless you represent both sides of the debate. And he then issued statements that the defendants must now utter to represent the government's wishes. So Think I about wonder that. if
0: you could passively aggressively say you know. I'm going to deviate a little bit from the, the prepared statement the government's given me. Uh, they want me to be clear to let you know that they're not actually morons, even though my sermon does say they're morons. The disclaimer says they're not, so, <laughs> you Well, know, can, he's can, already can, been— Can you the, do that? <laughs>
2: probably not, because the judge has already said that the the minister was taunting— and yeah. so he's interpreted, he's got this emotional, he's, he's uh, judges, not by the law, but he's made this emotional evaluation that the, the, the minister, Pulaski was taunting, taunting. the Canadian government.
0: Right. Just by, by saying things. You know, things. I'll bet you that's what all those people giving testimony in Anchorage over the mask mandate were doing. Yeah, we're, they were, they we're, were taunting. taunting. They were taunting. 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 And that's probably yeah. why they shut down. Yeah. That's a public, legal. That's public. a legal
2: description. I'm sure. They, 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 they that's in They shut law. down the
0: public debate early a, and yeah. then passed the law yeah. in the dark of night. And I,
2: I'm sure that's one of the remedies that you have when people taunt you. You go and you you make laws that, that or just, just show them right right. You, you know, just show them. I'll show them. Yeah. He's going to taunt me. Yeah. So you wonder who's the bully. <laughs> you wonder who the bully was. You My wonder if p- the bullies on the ones on the the council. You know. The Anchorage City Council, rather than the, the people standing up.
0: You know, we are rapidly polarizing in this country.
2: Well, we should be. I, I you know, I, I read, I heard something on a show, and this horrifies me because we still have Republicans that are willing to do this. And it was a former senator from somewhere, last guy's name, last name was Brown. And he actually had, I guess they live in a bubble. I don't know. Maybe they drink some kind of funny water. But he said, you know, I just don't see. And he was supposedly a staunch conservative. Uh,
0: She's she's making making the the quote marks with her fingers for those of you who can't see on the radio. But
2: he said he didn't understand why Republicans couldn't pick one thing out of $3.5 trillion waste of money and come to an agreement with Democrats on it. Think about that. Just put that in your brain and cogitate on that and he says they should come to so this again is the 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 well, bend over you know and
0: I, give I had up. i had a conversation with a, a legislator uh earlier this 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 past week yeah and um just just checking in and 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 i said you know what the heck is all of this polite decorum yeah. about? Yeah. Do you not see that we are in a war? We are in a battle, not just a battle, but but many battles, and they are all focusing on the same thing. They're and all losing focusing ground. on the death of freedom, the yeah. death of liberty, L- the, the death of our yeah. republic as we know yeah. it. So so when all of these legislators go back down to Juno uh-huh. and they vote to mask up, they yeah. all do it. They all yeah. jump in yeah. lockstep yeah. like they're mindless drones. Well, because of optics they don't want to appear to be uh lacking decorum they don't want to be reprimanded for being you know uh bad little school children for not standing in line you know and and it's like good grief people take the bloody masks off
1: Mm.
0: you know if if you feel like you need to wear a mask you need to do some research on the effectiveness of masks and if you're gonna wear a mask you better get a respirator yeah because well, anything yeah. less than a respirator yeah. is not going to do what you think it's going to do. Yeah. If you can smell bacon through your mask, <laughs> you're already dead.
2: Yeah, the virus is smaller than bacon. You're, you're, you know, you're already dead. You're sorry. already
0: dead. Yeah. You know, if if and <laughs> this is kind of a, a little bit raw. Yeah. Uh, a gentleman explained it to me the other day. He said he was sitting next to somebody and and he passed a tremendous amount of gas. Uh huh. And. The person sitting next to him had a mask on uh-huh. and recoiled in horror yeah. at the smell. And he says, you smell that? Uh-huh. Well, You're actually tasting my, you know, yeah. inner, inner yeah. self that yeah. has just been yeah. atomized into the air around you. Yeah. Uh, how's the mask working for you? Yeah.
2: And that's about the size <sighs> of the COVID virus. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so fart next to your neighbor with the mask yeah. and, and, Let's see it, what... and see if they smell it. Yeah. You know, if they smell yeah. it, they're already dead. Yeah. Maybe from the fart or, Ooh. you know, but most likely not. But, you know, it's, it's, it's just ludicrous. And, you know, I went on, I doubled down on, on uh, I, I am going to be an outspoken advocate for the removal of Peter Michicki until he's gone.
2: Mm.
0: I, until he is gone because he does not represent the district or our interests. So you don't
2: think apology another apology will or no, or no, working harder no, 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 faster longer he, with with he, the he got his uh, he got his yeah, one, chance, one chance his,
0: his one uh, conversation with yeah, farmer bunsey. Yeah. But
2: he's so he's so he's so measured when he talks. He just sounds so wonderful and reasonable. I think isn't that how we should Judge our betters, because they are our betters when they talk in that, I used to call it the psychologist's voice, where they, they, they don't have any up or down or lower or higher register in their voice. And hey, you'd be good on show public no. radio. Well, that's, what, that's where it comes yeah, from, and that's why, that's why people love public radio, and they, they don't understand why they love because public being radio.
0: Because hypo- they're hypnotized well, into a trance. No,
2: there's this thing, and that's why psychologists do it, and counselors, they're trained. It's a, it's a training that they're taught, because the lack of emotion, and all our politicians, the really good ones, do that.
0: Well, when, when the, challenged the, on the mass, the, the, Machiki you know, said it was a show from the very beginning. Wow. And and we yeah. told the city council we're not interested in the show. Yeah. Well, Stop it. Well, he's got
2: he's got two views of reality, one for his constituents and one for when he for goes his, out in public, you know, yeah. and and his belief system. He has maybe he doesn't have core beliefs in that. And it it's hard. It's hard to have beliefs that go against the majority. But unfortunately, most of us now that come to Amokan coffee are no longer in the majority.
0: People have to stand or they're gonna have to bend the knee. Yeah. Well And and we've been we've been told for a year and a half, bend the knee. Bend the knee. And and people yeah. have gotten so used to kneeling they're getting calluses on their knees. Yeah. And now it's yeah. it's not so bad. Because yeah. you know, I mean hey yeah. You know, the, the calloused knee is the new normal. You,
2: you know, and I always fought, I always laugh because I'm Catholic. And, you know, Catholics for, for a while had some, like, weird, not weird things, but, you know, when you went to Mass, you had to have a hat on, you had to do this, and you had to do that. And I find it so strange that people walk around with, like, all this weird stuff on their face, and yet you're not allowing Catholics to do their Catholic stuff or any religion to do the religion stuff. But they got this religion of face mask and whatever, and hand-washing with well, whatever. Well, the new religion and, of
0: Fauciism.
2: Well, but they're not understanding. I see, for me, it's very similar to a religion, yet you're, when I...
0: It's a, it's a cult.
2: If I wanted to do my, you know, you just... This, this, is, this is... It's very this, much a cult. It,
0: this is a satanic cult of death. It, yeah. it it yep. it is the new normal they want yeah. is, is is normalizing death yeah but the, that, the, that death you know, is all around us death happens yeah. to everybody and it happens daily you're yep. always going to know somebody who just died yep. and whether yep. it's from the vaccine because yep. they had an adverse reaction or because of you know uh, variant Z, yeah. you know um yeah. 10 years from now and yeah. and instead of having your daily covid uh, yeah. pill you're going to have to have a pill every hour yeah. Yeah. of every day but, but
2: you know very you know? If, if you want to have a, a little bit of a laugh go on youtube or whatever and try to find the alberta health minister it's a woman when she gives her conferences so she walks up to the podium this big bottle of uh, you know hand sanitizer. hand sanitizer she squirts big, wipes her hand, takes her masks off, does her hands again, reads her little speech, and I watched one in which she spoke, and she left the podium several times, and every time she came up, she came up, she had her mask on, she put sand sanitizer, sanitized her hands in very measure she counted, you could tell she was counting, took her mask off.
0: I Sanitized
2: she, her hands again. I
0: wonder if she got high.
2: I have no idea.
0: But it was... It, yeah, you know what? You could put that it would to me... <sighs> that would be a great way to get people to sanitize their hands. Just put an addictive got, chemical yeah, in it. Yeah, Tub's got know.
2: pot in it. <laughs> it's CBD. It's CBD, CBD oil infused. infused. So not only will your hands be...
0: Yeah. Clean, but you'll yeah. f- be extremely relaxed. But it was
2: this very ritualistic washing of the hands before. And if she had two or three people, she in 10 minutes, she could sanitize her hands 20 times.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: it was very measured, you know, like one, two, three, she counted the amount. And, and it has become, it's gone beyond, it's gone beyond parody. Right. It's gone beyond parody.
0: Well, yeah. so if you know a pastor in the community, uh, invite yeah. them to come to the AmoCant Coffee Social Club this coming Monday, the 18th at 1 p.m. Uh, when I first put the event out there, it said 1 a.m. Mm. So, <laughs> no I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe we could have, have a 1 a.m. meeting with candles and, you know, uh, black robes, <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, it, one a.m. nobody, no, nobody's gonna show <laughs> super, up Super, super secret. Yeah, you know, no, uh, one p.m. during mm-hmm. regular business hours, mm-hmm. um, we will have coffee on for a uh, pastor and a friend, and so if you have a pastor who's a friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, we re- encourage you not only to invite them to attend this but to pick them up and bring them bring so them. they will that's come a good, that's a good idea so they will come
2: and then they'll have actually a contact in their their parish or that's their right. congregation pa- you know, pastors are busy
0: yeah and there's a lot of yeah. stuff you know I barely can contain all the information download yeah. that we get every every yeah. week and a pastor's got a tremendously difficult job they're provi- yeah. they're, they're like a counselor yeah. you know they're a confidant they've got to be a buddy yeah. you know um, they got to prepare the sermons they got to make yeah. sure the church is clean. They got to yeah. do all the administrative yeah. stuff. All You know, they're busy, busy yeah. people. And they don't normally, most of them, don't get paid a whole lot of money yeah. for that. So, so each person has been given a talent uh, to invest. And uh, if you know a pastor, invest a little bit of your time, a and, little bit you of know. your energy. Bring them to this meeting. And it's time for the pastors to step up. We are looking for leadership. Yeah. Uh, you have been placed in a very specific place for this time. That comes out of Esther. We are all prepared for a time such as the time mm. we live in. And pastors, you are in a leadership role. And, and the time for silence, if there ever was one, has long passed. And uh, your uh, speech... And um, uh, activism is overdue. And we want to support you. We want to provide uh, a place where you can network with other folks who are like-minded. And as a community, we must stand and Mm -hmm. forcefully advance uh, the kingdom of God. And when we say forcefully advance, that's more of a uh, a philosophical Mm -hmm. idea. Um, But I will tell you, I will tell you that, um, I'm just looking here. On Sunday morning, January 21st, 1776, John Muhlenberg climbed into his pulpit in Woodstock, Virginia, to preach Mm -hmm. in his black clerical robe, (laughs) the traditional dress of the 18th century preacher. Muhlenberg preached from the third chapter of Ecclesiastes. He read how there is a time for all things there's a time to be born, and a time to die, and a time to plant, and a time to harvest. Then his voice began to rise as he said, There's a time of war and a time of peace. There is a time for all things, a time to preach and a time to pray. But there is also a time to fight, mm. and that time has now come. Then he did something his congregation did not expect. He removed his clerical robe, revealing a colonial officer's mm. uniform mm. beneath. Mm. Muhlenberg then stepped down from his pulpit and challenged the men of his congregation to join him in the fight for liberty. Just a few days before, he had been commissioned by General George Washington to raise a regiment from the Woodstock area. As Muhlenberg walked down the aisle and out the door of his church, a drum began to roll outside. One by one, the men of Muhlenberg's congregation filed out of the auditorium and volunteered to follow their courageous pastor. Bidding farewell to their families, some 300 men rode away from Woodstock, Virginia with Colonel John Muhlenberg in the lead to form the 8th Virginia Regiment. Muhlenberg led those men through the War of Independence, fighting at the battles of Morristown, Brandywine, and Monmouth Courthouse. By the war's end, Muhlenberg had been promoted to Major General and had become one of Washington's most valuable commanders. Muhlenberg was front and center at the surrender of Cornwallis at Yorktown. So that was just one pastor. Mm -hmm. There's a whole bunch more I could read. I've taken this from uh, Mm reclaimamericaforchrist.org. You can look up uh, the the article here. It's it's pretty pretty impressive, and and they talk about the black robe regiment, which actually, like I said, was a name given to mm-hmm. the pastors who participated in the revolution by their their uh, British uh, adversaries. And um, the church, organized religion, has great power. The framers knew this mm-hmm. because it's what enabled them to secure liberty and freedom. If we wish to retain our liberty and freedom, organized religion must stand up, activate, and push back against the darkness. You've been listening to the Can Coffee conservative Hour of Power and Enlightenment Salon. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you back on this same podcast streaming service next week. If you'd like to support the ongoing work of this uh, media forum, uh, you can click on the link and go to our Podbean uh, platform where you will find a link through Patreon. We greatly appreciate any donations you can make. Or you can come into the Amalcan Coffee social club, read about... Uh, The mission here for creating and promoting conservative culture and community on the Keno Peninsula and make a donation at the shop if you have enjoyed this programming. If you have an idea for a guest that we should host, somebody who is a Farmer Buncee, please forward that information to us or let us know. We would love to uh, meet uh, that individual, man or woman and uh, invite them to come and contribute to the conversation. God bless. Godspeed. Keep your powder dry. See you next week.